What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And today, my fellow Americans. I'm trying to get off of you Democrats. I really am. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get off you. I'm trying to tell you that we need to reach across the aisle. We need to come together. We need to join forces in order to help the American people, our constituents. And something recently happened in the Senate that makes me sick to my stomach because it just continues to happen. It's yet another Example in a string of thousands of examples that illustrate that the partisanship and the Machiavellianism of the two establishment parties is gross. And I'm going to expose a certain Democratic senator today on the show. I'm going to expose him for being a hypocrite. I'm going to expose him for being a liar. I'm going to expose him for clearly having hidden agendas. He probably has a bit of an ego, it would seem. He wants his bill to be passed, but not others, for one reason or another. I'll let you be the judge of that after we get into it today. So let me just kind of give you the outline, the premise, okay? I'm going to play a speech that Senator Chris Murphy from the state of Connecticut recently gave on the Senate floor. Uh, He urged for the uh, quick passing of what is called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And... Within two days of the Uvalde massacre, uh, a bunch of senators got together. I think a majority of them are Democratic senators. Said that they had to do something, so they put this bill together. And this bill apparently has some type of anti-gun legislation in it. It says, on uh, breaking the three-decade-long log jam on gun safety legislation, quote, this will become the most significant piece of anti-gun legislation I'm sorry, anti-gun violence legislation, which basically means anti-gun, Congress has passed in three decades. And as a result, this bill also has the chance to prove to a weary American public that democracy (laughs) is not so broken, that it is unable to rise to the moment when the need for action like right now in the wake of Uvalde and Buffalo is most acute. Okay? So what's happening? Senator Murphy from the state of Connecticut is trying to jam this anti-gun violence legislation through Congress. He wants to get it passed quickly. And he doesn't want there to be debate about it. He just wants to get it done. And the way he tries to sell this to Congress and to you, the American people, is very much like a shitty, sleazy salesperson, 
who isn't doing a very good job of tugging on your heartstrings and trying to make you feel bad, trying to make you feel emotional so that you make an emotional decision and jam through this anti-gun violence legislation, which obviously probably involves some type of restriction of firearms ownership, I would imagine. I don't know for sure. I don't have the facts on that. I'm just assuming, okay? So let me play for you this six-ish minute long tugging at your heartstrings sales pitch for this anti-gun legislation bill, this bipartisan Safer Communities Act that Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, tried to sell in the sleaziest, shitty salesman type of way I think I've ever seen. It's a broken record with you lefties. It's just gross. And let me play this for you first just to set up Mr. Chris Murphy. I'm going to make him look like a very nice guy who wants what's best for his communities. He wants to keep the streets safe. He's going to give you this big emotional laudatory story trying to sell you this bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And after I play this for you, Then I'm going to expose Chris Murphy. Sir, Senator Chris Murphy, if you're listening to this show, I'm going to expose you today for what you did when you objected to another Senator Ted Cruz's bill that he wanted to propose to the Senate recently. And I'm going to expose the fact that your actions with regard to Senator Ted Cruz proves that you, sir, Chris Murphy, you're a lying hypocrite. You are not to be trusted. You clearly have a hidden agenda. And I think it's fucking gross, sir, with all due disrespect (laughs) so here we go take a listen to senator chris murphy democratic senator from the great state of connecticut trying to sell you the bipartisan safer communities act here we go the junior senator from connecticut madam president Four weeks ago, I was sitting where you were sitting, presiding over the Senate on a quiet Tuesday afternoon when news broke that 19 children, all the same age as my youngest son, had been gunned down in their Texas elementary school. And as I scrolled through the early reports of the carnage, All I could think of was these two simple questions. What are we doing? Why are we here? I sat up there obsessing over our willful decision as a body to ignore the slaughter that has become so regular that the news only seems to pay attention now when over a dozen die. Our collective decision year after year to do nothing. What's the point of this job that we fought so hard to get? If we just decide that saving children's lives is too hard or involves 
too inconvenient an amount of political risk. Shooting after shooting, murder after murder, suicide after suicide for 30 years, Congress stood in its political corners and did nothing. But not this time. Within two days of the Uvalde massacre, Senator Cornyn, Senator Tillis, Senator Sinema, and I, joined by other members of this body, had started talking. Not about our disagreements, we have plenty of those, but instead about what could be possible if we sat together and refused to give up until we figured out the set of things that we could agree on, the things that could get 60 votes to save lives. I am so grateful in the bottom of my soul to John, to Tom, and to Kirsten, and the other senators here who took part in these talks for what they did over these last four weeks. I'm grateful to Senator Schumer and Senator McConnell for empowering these discussions and allowing us to have this debate this week. I'm equally proud of my team, Allison and Samir, Emily and Rebecca, Pete and Elizabeth, who worked 24-7 for the last 30 days straight to get this bill done. But mostly, I'm proud of the regular people all across this country, many of whom were forced to become advocates after this epidemic took from them a son or a daughter, a mother or a father. Those citizens, many of which are watching this debate right now, who protested or wrote letters or showed up at town halls year after year, failure after failure, roadblock after roadblock, refusing to give up because the stakes, their children's safety, was so high that they couldn't afford to give up. That's who I'm really proud of today. People who would not take no for an answer and knew that the righteousness of their cause had to eventually prevail. This bill is a compromise. It doesn't do everything I want. But what we are doing will save thousands of lives without violating anyone's Second Amendment rights through more effective red flag laws, by keeping guns away from domestic abusers, by being more careful about giving weapons to 18-year-olds, by getting more people access to treatment for their mental illness. This will become the most significant piece of anti-gun violence legislation Congress has passed in three decades. And as a result, this bill also has the chance to prove to a weary American public that democracy is not so broken that it is unable to rise to the moment when the need for action, like right now, in the wake of Uvalde and Buffalo, is most acute. What are we doing? Why are we here? We're answering those questions today, not fully, but with enough force that anxious moms and dads and kids all across this nation can wake up tomorrow and be a little bit more confident that the adults who run this country actually care about their safety. Because you know what? People still believe in us. People still count on us. Two months after his son was gunned down by a 19-year-old with an assault rifle 
in Sandy Hook. One of the dads came to Congress and gave this testimony. Before he died, Neil Heslin told Congress, my son Jesse and I used to talk about maybe coming to Washington someday. He wanted to go up to the Washington Monument. When we talked about it last year, Jesse asked if we could go meet the president. Now, I can be a little cynical about politicians, but Jesse, he believed in you. He learned about you in school, and he believed in you. I want to believe in you, too. I know you can't give me Jesse back. Believe me, if I thought you could, I'd be asking you for that. But I want to believe that you will think about what happened to my son and what I've seen. I want to believe that you'll think about it, and then you'll do something about it. What are we doing? What are we here for? If not to do something, something meaningful, something real, something together to end this carnage. Jesse believed in us. And today, more so than at any time since I came to Congress 16 years ago, I believe in us too. I yield the floor. Okay. Okay. So... What did you think of that? Senator Chris Murphy from the state of Connecticut, Democrat, sounds like he's just trying to help, right? He just wants to do the right thing. He wants to save lives, quote unquote. He criticized the members of this body, this Congress. He criticized them for doing nothing in the aftermath of these school shootings. But don't worry, I have the answer. I have a bipartisan Safer Communities Act bill that is the most anti-gun violence uh, legislation that they have ever, would have ever passed, should it pass, should they vote it into law. Sounds like benevolent, just trying to do what's best kind of a guy, right? Sounds like he's just trying to help. Sounds like he's trying to hold his colleagues accountable for the lack of caring, the lack of decision-making, the lack of taking action. But some people believe that we can make our, our communities safer without restricting the rights and freedoms of law-abiding, sovereign American citizens. Some of us think we can make our streets safer by maybe posting law enforcement officers, maybe veterans, maybe volunteers, whoever, that are armed security guards at our schools. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican, had another solution to the problem. And he proposed a bill called S-4845, the Securing Our Schools Act. And in this bill, instead of taking constitutional rights away from law-abiding, sovereign, free, allegedly, American citizens, which 
the bipartisan Safer Communities Act that Senator Chris Murphy proposed would do. It would take your rights away from you in order to, quote unquote, keep our streets safe. Ted Cruz's bill securing our schools act would take some government funds. It would make government funds available to schools to hire a security guard if they want. Or if they didn't want to hire a security guard, that's okay. You have the choice not to, but you are going to get government funds that you have the option to use for security, but you don't have to. You can use it for other things, I think is how uh, the bill went. Seems pretty common sense. We've seen time and time and time again that if you have responsible gun owners that are armed in crisis situations, they have repeatedly uh, ended the bloodshed and the death by taking decisive, quick action because they are trained. They are courageous individuals who are willing to do what it takes to actually take action in real life rather than stand behind a podium in Washington, D.C., talking about what people should be doing. It's gross. But Ted Cruz, I tell you what, I mean, Chris Murphy, he seemed like a pretty good actor. Maybe you think he's a shitty actor, but he was definitely acting when he was trying to make you think that he felt so deeply about keeping our kids safe. Oh, they, these kids got shot in the schools. What are we going to do? Congress just never acts. But I have the solution. I have the bipartisan Safer Communities Act or whatever, which takes your rights away. You think that's the solution? Or do you think giving government funds to schools, giving them the option, them the choice, them the ability, them the power to make decisions for themselves and for their specific communities, don't you think that sounds like a better uh, solution to the problem? Democrats, why are you always trying to take people's rights away? Why are you always trying to make government bigger and stronger and more powerful? The bigger the government, the smaller the individual people. So here we go. Let me play you Ted Cruz talking to the Senate. And you are not going to believe what this guy, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, does. Ted Cruz asks for unanimous consent to pass this bill. And this piece of shit, in my opinion, Chris Murphy comes in to the Senate hall where there's no cameras rolling so nobody can catch him do what he's about to do. He objects to the the motion for unanimous consent to pass this bill to keep our schools safe by putting armed security guards at schools to prevent school shooters. Chris Murphy comes in objects, and then instead of listening to the rest of Ted Cruz's arguments, instead of offering 
his own arguments as to why he is objecting to this bill, this motherfucker runs in, objects when there's no media cameras rolling, and then leaves. He walks out. He walks out of the Senate floor. It's gross. I'm, it's unbelievable, the partisanship. You don't even want to listen to the ideas. You don't even want to have a discussion, a debate about why your ideas are right or wrong and why others may be right or wrong. You need the conversation, and you need the public conversation. These are the conversations that your constituents want to see and hear. And this guy walks in and just out of pure partisan Bullshit. Machiavellianism. I want my team to win. He objects to this bill that would honestly, probably, prevent future school shootings. So let me ask you this. Chris Murphy, how bad do you really want to keep our community safe? How bad do you really want to solve the problem when you objected to the Republican idea and then left? Because you knew you weren't going to have to ask questions about it from the media because there was no media in that room, in that hall, filming your behavior. My fellow Americans, take a listen to Senator Ted Cruz. And listen to him comment on Senator Chris Murphy walking in, objecting to this bill, and then leaving like a disrespectful, little lying, hypocrite bitch. Here we go, Senator Ted Cruz. I ask unanimous consent that the Senate proceed to the immediate consideration of S-4845, which is at the desk. Further, that the bill be considered read a third time and passed, and that the motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. Is there objection? Madam President. Senator from uh, Connecticut. Madam President, I object. Objection is heard. Madam President, what we just saw on this floor was stunning. I, I am genuinely at a loss for words. This bill is common sense. There is not a constituent in Texas or Nevada or Connecticut, if you asked, would it be a good thing to have more police officers keeping our kids safe, wouldn't say, of course it would. There's not a constituents of ours who, if you asked, would it be a good thing to have more mental health counselors on campus to stop people from committing crimes, would say, of course it would. I was informed a few days ago that when I was going to seek unanimous consent, the senator from Connecticut was going to object. Now, the senator from Connecticut styles himself the leading advocate of gun control in the U.S. Senate. I was asked by reporters, why are the Democrats objecting to this? And I'll tell you what I told reporters. I, I have no idea. They haven't said. They haven't told me why they object to it. And so I was genuinely looking forward to seeing the senator from Connecticut's remarks. I was sitting here waiting to see, why do you oppose more police officers to keep our kids safe? Why do you oppose 
mental health counselors in schools. I've been in the Senate 10 years. The senator from Connecticut and I were elected at the same time. I've engaged in many debates on this floor, including with the senator from Connecticut. The fact that he chose not to say a word about why he objects is, is stunning. I find myself genuinely flabbergasted. I will say one of the reasons I think the senator from Connecticut feels content not only not to argue, but now to walk off the floor and not even listen to the debate he's ostensibly participating in. One of the reasons he feels free to do so is if you look up to the Senate gallery, I can count them, there are precisely zero reporters in this gallery. Not a single one of the corporate media will report on this. And I think the senator from Connecticut feels absolutely certain when he walks out, he will have reporters that will say, tell me how terrible Donald Trump is. And he'll lean in and say, oh, Donald Trump is really terrible. But not a one of the reporters will ask, hey, wait a second, why don't you want police officers keeping our kids safe? None of them will. The Democrats are protected by a dishonest army of propagandists in the corporate media. CNN will not have a paddle sitting around discussing why is it that the Democrats simply do not care to defend their positions. Let me tell you, when there's a mass murdering and the Democrats stand up and give speeches and they point at Republicans and say, blood is on your hands, it's great political rhetoric. It's dishonest. But boy, it gins up their donors. It gets people to go and write checks to Democrats and fund their campaigns. What we just saw reveals that Democrats have one objective when a mass murder happens, and that is to take away the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. That is always, always, always their solution. Never mind that it doesn't work. Never mind that it doesn't stop violent crime. Never mind that if you look at the jurisdictions across the country with the strictest gun control laws, almost every single one of them consistently has among the highest crime rates and murder rates. Earlier this year, the senator from Connecticut authored his big gun control package rammed it through this body. A package which will do nothing, zero, to stop mass murders. We will see another mass murder. I pray that we don't, but evil exists in the world, and if another lunatic attacks a school, and there's not a police officer at the front door to stop him, remember right now, Remember this moment when the Democrats said, no, we will not protect our kids. There are lots of arguments the senator from Connecticut could have made. He chose to make none of them. If he does not like how the money in this bill is specifically spent. 
I'm now going to propound a second unanimous consent bill. There are, are right now $135 billion in unspent relief funds to schools. Under the rules the Democrats have put in place, those funds cannot be spent on school, school, school security. The second bill that I'm going to ask this body to pass is a bill that is very simple. It's one page. It says schools can spend some of that $135 billion on school security. They can decide what to spend it on. But if they decide they want to hire an additional police officer, they can spend the money on that. If they decide they want to enhance the physical security of their campus to make their students safer, they can spend it on that. They can invest in school security. Right now, the Democrats have blocked them from doing this. These are funds Congress has already appropriated that haven't been spent. And this bill is unbelievably simple. It says the schools can choose to invest in school security. Okay, that's pretty powerful stuff. Ted Cruz getting kind of passionate, getting kind of pissed off at this guy, Chris Murphy. And I want to play this little clip again real quick uh, from the part that Chris Murphy, the, the speech that I played for you by Senator Murphy, where earlier in the show I said I didn't know for sure if it took guns away from people. I don't know the facts or evidence on it. Ted Cruz alludes to it in his piece that that's exactly what the bill does. So I went back and I, I took a choice clip, a choice cut out of Senator Murphy's little speech where he says, well, I'll just play it for you. Take a listen to, he says one thing and then the next thing that comes out of his mouth is an immediate flip-flop. These people are hypocrites. Listen to Chris Murphy talk about his bill. This bill is a compromise. It doesn't do everything I want. But what we are doing will save thousands of lives without violating anyone's Second Amendment rights through more effective red flag laws, by keeping guns away from domestic abusers, by being more careful about giving weapons to 18-year-olds, by getting more people access to treatment for their mental illness. This will become the most significant piece of anti-gun violence legislation Congress has passed in three decades. Okay, so it's a compromise and it doesn't do everything he wants. Senator Murphy, were you willing to compromise with Ted Cruz? Were you willing to compromise with the other establishment party? When you walked into the Senate floor, when Ted Cruz was asking for unanimous consent to pass a bill that just helped empower schools to have security, you don't think that's a solution? Senator Chris Murphy, why is it, and Ted Cruz says this in his speech, why is it that you Democrats, your answer to the gun violence problem is always to take the guns away, to take the tool away. Why don't we ban cars? There's car accidents every year. People die every year. How come we're not banning cars? Huh? How come we're not banning fast food? 
Millions of people die from cancer and obesity and heart-related issues from the food that we eat, the shit food that we eat. We're not banning that. Whoever's behind the truth uh, about cigarettes movement, whoever's uh, funding that, positive propaganda, if you will, is that stopping people from smoking? Or is that creating this taboo about it that makes people want to seek it out and do the action more? We know how prohibition ended, don't we? We know the ins and outs of the marijuana legalization debate, don't we? Why is taking guns away from law-abiding, free people the solution? Why? Is there a hidden agenda? Does it make logical sense to take people's ability to protect themselves away from them? You Democrats act like people can't make good decisions for themselves simply because you disagree with their decisions or their offerings of solutions to the problems that we face. What makes you think you have all the answers? What makes you think you know everything? What makes you think you can never be wrong? What makes you think you don't have to suffer the consequences for your decisions? What makes you think anyone should listen to you anymore? And I'm ripping on the Democrats right now just because it's low-hanging fruit, but the Republicans are no better. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Ted Cruz, but boy, he makes some good points. And if he's an actor, he's a much more believable actor with this speech he just gave that I played for you when compared to Chris Murphy. I don't know. I just tone of voice and body language says just as much to me than the words that come out of a person's mouth. That's just how I see things. But what else did I want to say about this? This is the third time... uh, Ted Cruz had to ask them to read and consider this bill again. So clearly it was already shot down twice. And Chris Murphy, Senator Murphy, sir, you're from Connecticut. This shooting in Uvalde, Texas happened in Texas. Ted Cruz is from Texas. What makes you think you can answer the questions and solve the problems of what Texans believe they need to do? to protect their schools and to protect their children. Buffalo, a little bit closer to you, still not your state. So what makes you think you can have a say on what people in other states decide to do about the gun uh, conversation, the gun violence debate, right? Whatever happened to states' rights, what makes you think you have a one-size-fits-all correct moral answer? To this question. What makes you think that your solution is right and morally correct? Because guess what? It's not. Taking more freedom away from people and putting more power in the hands of gigantic out of control government is not the solution. And if you think it's the solution. I don't know if you're savable. I mean, I don't know, people. You be the judge. Am I reading into this too much? 
I don't know. Chris Murphy walked into the Senate floor, says, I object, Madam Chair, or whatever. I I object. He gets up and walks out. The whole room just stares at the situation. You could hear in the speech, there's like this silent pause, and then Ted Cruz says, oh, I can't believe what we just witnessed. It, it, It was stunning. I'm genuinely flabbergasted. I'm at a loss for words. And then you wonder why people don't have any faith in government anymore. Senator Chris Murphy, you don't think empowering schools to decide for themselves if they want armed security guards at their schools isn't going to help solve the problem? Someone to intercept what could become an active shooter inside the walls of a school? Let's sit down and have a debate about it. Oh, wait, I guess you don't want to have a debate about it. You just want to object to any other solution but your own that you're so proud of, that you think is so morally right and correct. Or do you? Maybe you just want your team to win. Maybe you got a big, out-of-control, megalomaniac, demagogic ego that makes you think that your decisions for others are better than the decisions that others should be making for themselves. Why do we need you? Didn't we elect you to do our bidding? Isn't that how representative government, representative democracy is supposed to work? My fellow Americans, what I have presented to you today in my humble opinion, opinion is factual evidence that proves that these elected politicians are human beings, fallible creatures that constantly make mistakes more often than not. And to put your faith into another human being that does not suffer any consequences for being wrong or being incorrect is a mistake on your part. My fellow Americans, get better. Get smarter. Become more aware, more connected. Participate in your democracy, in your society, in your community. Because if we don't, these piece of shit politicians are going to continue to play partisan politics, partisan political bullshit. And they are not making decisions with your best interest in mind. They're making decisions for their best interests with their best interests. Special interests, if you will, (laughs) in mind. When you going to wake up, people? Chris Murphy's are walking around selling you snake oil, making you think about things from an emotional perspective rather than a logical, rational perspective. It's a stereotype. 
that is supported by evidence, in my humble opinion. And that stereotype goes something like this. There is something seriously wrong with the Democratic Party. You people have become a cult. You people don't even want to discuss your ideas. You don't want to defend your positions. And that will be your downfall. Sooner or later, people are going to wake up, people are going to smarten up, and people are going to see through your bullshit. And when that day comes, your party will lose respect like the Republican Party lost respect after George W. Bush served as president of these United States of America. A lot of people are saying there's going to be a red wave. People are flocking to the right. The Democratic uh, narrative is in free fall. The woke shit, people are getting sick and tired of it. People are... you know, being reminded by your immature bullshit that, oh, wait, I'm an adult. We can solve these problems like adults rather than solve these problems like petulant, snobbish, holier than thou, no perspective, idiot, wet behind the ears, little kids, children. You people have not fully developed mentally. You sure as shit haven't developed emotionally. I want to offer my services. Maybe you people just need to start listening to this podcast. (laughs) I'm reaching across the aisle, Democrats. I'm reaching across the aisle, Republicans. I'm the guy in the middle. Allow me to be the third party centrist mediator of your polarized partisan bullshit. Because that's what it is, my fellow Americans. The two-party system is just a bunch of bullshit. And to continue to put your faith and your love and your respect into these two establishment parties regardless of the people in these parties that like to attach the D and and the R to their names that's a mistake and we're going to suffer the consequences of that mistake you mark my words we already have Einstein's definition of, of insanity people doing the same thing over and over and over again in expecting a different result. Keep voting for Republicans and Democrats, my fellow Americans. And if you expect a different result, I'm here to tell you, you're a fucking idiot. And you're probably not savable. People, it's time to play some punk rock.
right, people. Welcome back to the show. It's time to play some punk rock. And today, I'm going to play a couple tracks off of the brand new EP recorded at the Blasting Room by the band The Normandies. The Normandies are a five-piece original rock band from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Seasoned musicians Jay, Justin, Chris, Les, and Pete bring a clean and mature sound to their unique brand of working-class punk rock. The Normandies are best known for their high-energy sing-along-style live shows. Lead singer Jay is the ringleader and sets the hyperactive pace with Pete and Les, uh, while Pete and Les... Maintain a deep pocket for Justin and Chris to play dynamic, melodic guitar parts over. Once you hear the Normandies, you will see their talent and writing style sets them apart from other bands in the same genre. But it is not until you see them live that the point is finally driven home with a jolt of energy, charisma, and maybe even a shot of whiskey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, making their return to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here are the Normandies with their song, Falling Apart. You said you loved me, but you liked it as the thing to make it right. This time I just wanted you to know I'm giving up I'm letting go I never loved you, I wanted you to know
All right, people, that was the Normandies with their first track off of their new EP entitled Compartmentalizationism. (laughs) My favorite line from that song I just played for you falling apart is, if you're not growing up, I'm giving in. Themes up quite nicely with this episode today. All right, people, let's do one more track. And this track, talk about theming up quite nicely. This track themes up perfectly with this episode today. And my fellow Americans, you're about to see why. With their second track, which is the fifth and final track off of their new EP, Compartmentalizationism, recorded at the Blasting Room. Here are... The Normandies once again with their song. And pay attention to the lyrics on this one if you can make them out, people. Governments not right. Change. Why 
Alright people, that was the track Governments Not Right by the band The Normandies. And America, you're drunk. And you need to go home. Left of right, right of left, this government's not right. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 113 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt, donate to the show. Send me an email if you like, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. Check out my link tree. If you don't follow Andrew for America on Instagram, you should go follow me immediately and uh, click on my link tree if you want to find all my socials and if you want to find my uh, SoundCloud page that has all of my music, etc. Check me out, people. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the Larry Sharp episode. Can't believe I interviewed Larry Sharp still. I'm still kind of resonating at a higher frequency over that. It was a great experience. Great guy. Loved chatting with him. And um, I got the show, people. Take care of each other out there. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 113 of the Politics of Punk Rock Podcast, entitled, Damn Damn Hypocrites. We'll see you next time.